Hello, this is Christy Kendall with Align Yourself to Success podcast. And around here, our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. When you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. Welcome. We have with us today, Marissa Raymond. Marissa is a board certified genetic counselor, playful parenting coach, and family yoga teacher. And Marissa is bridging the gap between science and the spiritual to help parents create more joy, ease, and connection with their children. Marissa is amazing and magical, and I'm so, so, so excited to have you here to do this with you. I'm so excited to be here too. This has been like months in the making. (laughs) Awesome. Yes. And we're finally doing it. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got here and with the highlight on the certified genetics counselor. <laughs> I know you agree. <laughs> um, so yeah, so my story um, starts actually with the board certified, gen- being a board certified genetic counselor. So um, I went to grad school and um, right after I graduated from grad school, uh, I had a baby, um, which I think happens to a lot of people. And then my husband, who is an astronomer, was offered a sabbatical here in France. And so we went for three months thinking it was like our French like adventure and like once in a lifetime thing. And then we got back and he was offered a position here. (laughs) So I literally had just gone back from maternity leave and then left for three months and then came back. And then they were like, do you want to move here permanently? And so like six months later we left and we came here with a two-year-old. Um, and I arrived in France and my genetic counseling degree definitely wasn't valid here. Kind of like the immigrant story. Right. Um, and at, at, we didn't really think it was going to be permanent. We were like, we'll just do this temporarily with this young kid. Um, and then I had a second baby and then, you know, life happens. And all of a sudden we had been here for several years and I had this huge burnout. Um, and again, I think this is a normal story. Like uh, one plus one does not equal two. When you're talking about children, (laughs) um, I was far from home. I didn't speak the language. Um, I didn't know the culture or how the system worked. And my husband was working full time. And I loved being with my son, but sons at that point, but it was also just like too, I'm not meant to be a, to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. I loved my job so much and I missed that. Um, And during my burnout, a friend of uh, my doctor said, you're either going to have to go to the hospital or you're going to have to like take care of yourself. Cause this is like, I had all these physical and health problems that came out of the burnout um, ended up deciding that I didn't want to spend time in a French hospital. So I went to practice yoga and then a friend was like, do you want to be a yoga teacher at my studio? (laughs) And I would practice yoga with my sons and she's like, would you teach kids? And would you teach them in English? And we can make it like yoga in English for, you know, French kids, um, and French families. And so you and I always talk about like the universe opens a door for you this was totally that door. And it took me down this path of then getting certified to be a kids yoga teacher and an adult yoga teacher. And, um, that took me down the path of I'm working with these, these children and these parents separately. Like I want to help them create more ease together, especially because the parents would fall asleep in my, you know, during relaxation. And then they would wake up and they'd be like, Oh, I have to go home now. And I'm like, that's not the energy you want to have when you go home to your children. And it's certainly not the energy that, um, you know, I want you to leave my yoga class with. So that led me to becoming a parenting coach. And then, um, all of this sort of happened at this time where as my kids were getting older and I was getting older, there were just these transitions, right? Things happen where all of a sudden you don't have the same relationship with your kid and you have to parent them differently because they're older. You start to see their personalities. You start to see how you can't parent the two kids the same way because they're not the same person. 
And right as I was noticing this and was sort of in this like uncomfortable place, um, human design came into my life through a friend who was offering human design for your business. And I did her mastermind and then did her master class, um, a membership and spent like another sort of 15 months experimenting with my human design, learned my children's human design and was like, wow, this is, this is the connection between science and spiritual. This is like all this woo stuff, right? The Kabbalah and astrology and numerology and chakras and I Ching that make up the human design. Um, all of that's like the sort of spiritual side. And then there's the science of looking at these maps and saying each one of these people are individual unique beings and nobody has the same experience and the same conditioning. And that's exactly why I went to become a genetic counselor. So it was like this full circle complete. <laughs> and then here I am using human design in my business, helping parents, doing yoga with kids. Um, and then I've circled back to genetic counseling as well, because there's a company in America that hired me to do freelance counseling. So I do all of it now. <laughs> that is so good because yeah. the I didn't even know what a genetics counselor was until uh, about almost a year ago. My daughter has a genetic disease and she's had it since she was very little. Well, she was born with it, but we knew about it since she was very little. And because she was pregnant, they sent us to a genetics counselor. And this woman blew my mind and she very much reminds me of you. Um, and I learned so much from her and she validated because she, she was open enough and communicative enough for me to say, you're the science, but I'm the woo. And let's talk about how this matches and how to make it work. And she was on the woo side too. And, you know, during that time was when I first started meeting you. Yeah. And so I started learning a lot about it from you and it just has blown my mind and helped me understand my daughter and how to do the deeper healing with the DNA on a whole nother level. And then it's also given me a lot of peace of mind and permission in my own business in a lot of ways. So how, share with us, and then we're gonna pull a card, the correlation with theta healing, you know, they talk about the DNA activation and working with the DNA. Yeah. And you've even, we've even heard in the theta healing community talk about changing and altering your DNA. Can you tell us your perspective on that? <laughs> yeah, I love this. So, well, and that's, it's so funny because that's how we met, right? Um, we met through Tanya and then you were like, oh, I'm doing this theta healing training program. And I'm like the first person to say yes to any training, especially <laughs> if it's like something spiritual that I haven't heard of yet. And it has some DNA component. Um, and so I did your training and then that led me to um, to work with you in building my business too, which has been such a like heaven sent um, change. It's been game changing. But going back to your question, like, yeah, so with our DNA is our DNA, right? Like you, like you get 23 chromosomes from mom and 23 chromosomes from dad and the egg and the sperm when they come together. And if there's you know, changes in those, in that DNA, such as like the change that's in your daughter's DNA that, um, that led to her disease, to her condition. Um, you can't go in there and change it, right? We just don't have the technology to go in there and change it. But then there's this whole other, um, piece of the puzzle, which is the environmental impact and influences on DNA. So, um, you know, when you go out in the sun, like you can get freckles because the sun is changing your DNA, right? If you, um, it, it, that's, that's sort of like on a level that we can see, but on a level that we can't see and what we've really over the last, I would say like two to three decades have really started to focus in and hone in on is what's called epigenetics. It's these environmental influences that can be caused by stress, by ancestral triggers, right? So, um, my eggs or the, any woman who has eggs, um, your eggs actually start developing in the egg that made you started developing in your mother when your mother was in her mother's belly. 
So any sort of environmental impact that affected your grandmother could have could alter could sort of imprint onto the DNA that was in the egg inside your mother that then became you. And so we actually can pass on this, you know, and now we have the data that proves it, this generational trauma, these changes to how your genes are expressed, how they show up um, because of environmental influences that happened two generations ago. And of course your, the egg that made your grandmother was in like her mother when her, like when her mother was, when her grandmother was pregnant, right? So it goes back more than those three generations. So that, that epigenetics, those environmental changes that are sort of, I mean, I think of them as sort of like, you put a hat on when you're cold, right? You can, that hat is sitting on your head and you can take it off when you go inside. And so with theta healing or these other kinds of spiritual practices, we actually can go in and be like, oh yeah, this hat's not serving this DNA anymore because it's inside a, di a different person's body. So let's take this hat off. And I, I remember one of the things you said in Theta Healing Training was like, you're going to look at your face at the end of this program and it's going, and people are going to tell you, you look years younger. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, Christy. <laughs> like, I believe you, but whatever. Like, there was like, a, you know, and then it was so true at the end, like the next day, looking at my face in the mirror and being like, wow, like my skin's tighter. Like my face is brighter. I physically felt different because the, like the, those hats that were sitting on the DNA were removed. There was trauma that was removed. There were these, this layer, layers of things that didn't belong to me anymore that shifted how my genes were then able to express. They were like stretching out. They're like, Ooh, this feels good. <laughs> More space for me. So yeah, that's what, when we were talking about epigenetics and the changes in your DNA, that's, that's what, um, that's what we talk about when we're, when we're talking about how these practices can change your DNA. Yeah. That was a great explanation. And I geek out on the science side of things, you know, psychology, the brain, how the mind works. And I love understanding the factual studied science behind everything that we do. It helps me be able to go deeper. It helps me be able to understand the human being that's in front of me that I'm supposed to be helping. And if we can feel better because we took the hats off the DNA in our appearance and just our whole energy field and how we feel then think about the programming around worthiness and business and money and wealth. And, you know, if you look at wealth, real solid family wealth, it is generational. Yeah. And it's exactly the same thing that you're talking about with, with everything. So I'm going to pull a card because we do that on this episode, in this thing that we're doing. So the card for you it's a good one. They always are good. <laughs> it always leads us right into our content. What's one experience you wish we shared, but didn't and why? Oh, this is such a good question. I think this is shifting as we've become more and more comfortable sharing taboos. Um, I, I wish we shared, and I'm totally welling up talking about this, I wish we shared our feelings of insecurity and unworthiness more openly with what with one another as a culture, as a society. I wish we made it okay to know that everybody feels insecure in moments. And that that little girl who felt insecure at four or five or 14 or 15 is going to become the adult that you are now. And she's going to have to deal with all of that insecurity shit that nobody told her it was okay to feel at that time. And so not only just sharing it as adults with one another, but actually being open and honest and sharing it with our children. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like we do this whole unknowingly and un consciously and, and, you know, 
harm to children by telling them like, oh, you're so pretty or you're so beautiful, like putting these labels on or like, oh, don't worry what other people say. Like, yes, and everyone feels insecure sometimes and everyone has, and with human design, right? Like some of us are just not here to consistently feel secure in our skin. Um, so on top of all the conditioning that we might get because of society, there's also in your human design, a place where we can go and look and say, are you somebody who's here to sort of hear those external, oh, you're so pretty and then believe it and ignore everybody who tells you otherwise um, or says, you know, or the opposite of that. Or are you somebody who is here to kind of just learn the wisdom that there are so many different ways of being and feeling and um, knowing your self-worth and that ultimately we just get to feel worthy because we are human in this place and uh, in, in time, uh, once in a universe cosmic event, right? Um, that's what I wish. That was a really long answer. <laughs> Sorry, no, this is like my path. This is my mission in life. Yes. <laughs> Life's purpose to make people know that they are worthy and that it's okay when they feel like they are not. <laughs> yeah, I I love that, and we can both just decide from here on out, and anyone listening can just decide that your flaws and your insecurities and all of that are there for a reason. But more importantly is what we perceive as a flaw or those things that we perceive that cause the insecurity. What it is, is a lack of understanding of who we are. And the human design chart gave me a lot of permission to accept those things about myself. And in my coaching, I'm just like, nope, this, I don't do that because that is not where I am strong, but if you follow my process, I can get you there because these are my strengths. And that gave me so much permission. And what blew my mind with human design was, you know, I'm in the mindset world. I studied psychology in college. It's in every aspect of my being. And I've done every, you know, personality test and studied everything out there that you can imagine. And the Myers-Briggs, I'm an INFJ. And that shows up in my human design chart, judging all of it. And I was like, I was blown away. Like I am a consistent human being across all boards. And so I just get to own it. And it gave me permission to say, this is where I need to take care of myself. And this is where I need to say, you know, F you. And then this is where I can just shine my light. And that has made my coaching even better. And I don't apologize for myself anymore. You know, in my coaching, I am ADHD and I organization isn't my thing. So when I set up my courses, I have to really take that into consideration. And and it solves a lot of problems for a lot of people because of how my mind works. Those details are in there, the process, the simplicity, but it takes me extra time and I have to delve deeper into everything to get it so simple for others to then succeed. But when I do, it's extraordinary. And I used to apologize for the length of time or needing to understand things on a different level or take it a whole, you know, the the questions that I asked and the things that I needed to understand to a whole different level. It caused a lot of problems in relationships and, and my belief in myself and human design corrected me on that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and it's funny because I remember talking to you about um, your, your human design when you were telling me that you had had a reading and you said what you realized was the process that you take us through as clients to figure out what our statement is. Um, and I have, I have mine hanging up on the wall right in front of my desk. Like when you looked at it, you realized how close it was to what shows up in your human design. And I think it's such, it speaks to, like you said, this, like when you are, when you truly get down out of your head and into your soul, which as entrepreneurs, we are all different, right? So two like two kids yoga teachers are going to teach it completely different, even if we went through the same training, because we put our spin and our flair into it. So when you get out of your head and down into your body and into your soul, and you connect with that and go through your list of questions of like, what are my values? 
it like pops up exactly what your values are and your human, like based on your human design, like who you are here to be and how you are here to magnetize people to you. And then when we start with that, like I am here to magnetize different people to me than another kid's yoga teacher, playful parenting coach, or genetic counselor. And so if there was another genetic counselor, playful parenting coach, yoga teacher out there, we wouldn't be in competition with one another for clients because we're actually magnetizing very different people. And so we then get to like form a partnership that's not based on competition and say, um, you know, this is not, this person needs help, but I'm not the right person to give them the help. So let me refer you to someone else. So I still get to be of value to that potential client who's not my ideal client. And then that other person that I'm in partnership with can do the same. And so it just allows us to create a much more connected, you know, web of a network of referrals and, and healers that are not in competition, but are fully in alignment with who we are and who we're here to serve. And we're not, we're just at an intersection for everybody and we're not, you know, in competition, which I just think again, makes being in business really hard sometimes. Cause you sit in that, like, well, this person has that many clients. And if that person's doing what I'm doing, then like there are other people are like, I have to be just like them. Cause they're, they have all these clients and, and you just get stuck in your head again. <laughs> so yeah. that's what I love about your program really was like, get out of the, get out of your own way, get out of the BS, get into your body, get into your heart. Who are you? What are your values? And how do we create your business around your values to bring the people to you that you are here to work with Mm -hmm. and leave everything, everybody else and everything else, you know, outside of that box. Yeah. And what I thought of with that is comparison, uh, imposter syndrome, all of those things that, that people do when they're starting, especially nowadays, because there's, you know, coaches and healers are a dime a dozen. Everybody's doing it. Everybody wants to start a business. And, and my course is about how do we make you stand out? And so there's systems and strategies. This is where the science and the woo come together in something like marketing and business and healing. When those all come together, but it's the first filter of all of that is your soul contract, then it doesn't matter if we are doing the exact same thing. You know, my, my podcast group, we've grown to almost 200 people in two months. And there's so many people doing similar things. There's so many of the same types of healers in there. And then I run the group with Tanya, who does practically the same thing and clarity of message and things like that. There is no competition between the two of us. There is no competition between one healer making an offer and another. And it's because of that synergy and that trust and that knowing. And I love how you articulated that. And of course, we're all in the healing world and the mindset world, the beliefs that we have to overcome anyway. Um, But isn't it a beautiful, like we talk about wanting to heal the world. And yet when you pull yourself out, you and I were talking about, because I was sick last week and you were sick when we were supposed to meet the first time. And I was sick last time, like, right. Like we do burn ourselves out still. Cause there are those still like, w- this lights us up what we do, but sometimes we don't listen to that signal in our body being like, this is too much. And we go past the limit is as people who want to change the world and heal the world, we can't heal 8 billion people by ourselves. And so when you get into like what you're saying, that synergy with other people and the belief that I am enough and I am here to serve my people and you are enough and you are here to serve your people, that's the message that we actually get to put out. And we then as a collective get to heal the world. And it just relieves that pressure on you too of like, like, I have so much responsibility. I have to heal 8 billion people, Um, right? And which is what we all we all want the world to be a better place and to be, you know, a healthier place and for people to feel more, more whole. And so we have to be whole. (laughs) And when, and that means understanding what our boundaries are and what, you know, and who we can refer to when our boundaries, you know, are at the limit and energetic boundaries, 
like health boundaries and, you know, the people we want to work with boundaries. Well, and if you look at that too, in a way, you know, the thing, my thing is if a healer can get to a place where she has that clarity and those, that alignment. So that's the woo piece coupled with the science or the facts, I guess you could say, which would be the, the technology piece, the marketing piece. When that's coupled, then she's going to reach more people. She's going to make a bigger impact. She's going to get her message heard. And that's part of why I do the podcasts. So many people have so much to share and say. And the, when those two come together in this context, kind of like the, the DNA science with the, the DNA energy, you know, when that comes together and a healer can profit and reach more people than her, that's just the domino effect of everybody, right? And there's so many people, so many people that have so much to offer that are, that I think what I'm trying to say is the belief work and the energy work in the woo is so powerful and so good. But if you don't have the other side of it, there's going to be struggle. Yes. There's, there's, you know, we build our houses. We can put a tent on sand. It can blow away no matter how much we pray about it. But if we build our brick house on rocks, it will be there for hundreds of years. And if you think about how that can, that can translate to making an impact, healing the world, what's going to heal the world more? Having that solid foundation in place. I've got chills just hearing you say that because I, that's, that's ultimately it. Right. And I think that's our, that foundation that you're talking about on, on, on bricks and rocks starts with our self. And we, you know, through even those of us who had parents who did their best, sometimes the best wasn't what we needed or wasn't offered in a way that was in tune with our human design, right? Like, cause they had their own wounds to heal. And certainly people of our generation, like our parents didn't have access like we do to the well-being industry. So we don't enter the adult world often with a very stable foundation. And then we start a business that doesn't have a very stable foundation. And we are our business in some ways, like we are in partnership with our business. Um, and it can be very difficult when you have this business with an unstable foundation and you have this unstable foundation yourself to, to decouple that and to know you know, what do I do the work on first? And it's easy for us to go and try and fix the external problem of our business, but we're just going to keep building on sand if we don't fix our own stuff. So for me, I feel like human design really gave me a template. I mean, we call human design, like the blueprint of who you are that I can ground myself in and go back to and be like, oh yeah, this brick right here this one needs some like cement and grout or something. Cause there's definitely, it's definitely falling apart and it has been conditioned and let me go heal that. Or, you know, like, let me call Christy and like do a theta healing session with her or, you know, tease this, this piece out because yeah, like we do have so many layers upon layers, upon layers and generations upon generations and generations of stories that are building that foundation for us. And that's what we're building our business on mm-hmm. and any relationship that we have, but, um, but specifically in our business. And I love how you bring the science and woo together when you're talking about business, because a, I like science and woo, <laughs> but it also allows my logical brain and like you and I've talked about this from a psychology perspective, right? It allows my logical brain to be like, oh, I get a part in this. Cause right. Like, cause we often talk about like, get into your body and make the decisions from your heart. And what do you want to do? And your brain, your ego is like, no, but like, we've done a good job up to this point. Like when I was in charge, so I don't want to give up that charge. And so when you bring the science into it, 
at least for me, my brain is like, oh, okay, I'm like, I'm going to listen to this part of what Christy's saying, and you can go listen to the woo part of what Christy's saying. And then together we'll like, you know, we'll get the whole pie and we can figure out how to like build the house better. Like we can divide and conquer and then build a yeah. stronger. That's the alignment piece, really. You know, that doing in order to do these podcasts, I interview a lot of people. And one of the things I hear the most with people when, you know, when I'm asking them, what's your struggles in your business? And they're like, well, getting more clients. The first thing they say is, well, I just have a block. Yeah. I'm like, well, you've been in this world of healing for 10 years, deep diving into your deepest subconscious beliefs. It's not a belief that you have anymore. It is knowing how to do something, having a process and a system in place to be able to get you from point A to point B. It's like, if you're going to, you know, walk the desert, well, we can walk the desert all day long, but if you get us a car, (laughs) we can get to the other side a lot faster. Nothing's wrong with you. You just need a car. (laughs) I hadn't thought of that before. That's such a, it's funny that I haven't heard you say that, or maybe it hasn't connected to me, but you're right. Like we've been doing this work long enough that it's just an excuse when we say I have this block, or it means that that it's a block we can't heal on our own because it's so deep. Um, and maybe it's, and, you know, coming from the, from ancestors or from, um, it's an ancestral story. It's not, it's not a, this like your, or a past life story. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it is like, even just thinking that way, it's like, oh yeah, right. Like, is this an excuse or is this something that like, is just so deep in me that I need help. And I've been trying to heal all my limiting beliefs by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think almost like that, it, it, some of that stuff when we do that is like gaslighting ourselves. Yeah. When we do that. And, and I hear that a lot. The thing about working with somebody who's got the woo and the science For me, I have a lot of clients, I have a lot of people in my groups, but I can feel every single one of them and I'm holding space for every single one of them at all times. And I can't explain that. And I'm sure healers understand that. Um, If anybody's not a trained healer or on the woo side, they might not understand that, but I can literally feel everyone. And so I, I can feel when it is an inner block versus a system or strategy. I can feel it. And it might take me a second with some people until I rec- like, oh, dang, the second we do that clearing and it's never deep because these are people who have done the work on themselves. It's never, it's never heavy. It's just usually some little thing that we clear and, and then it all domino effects right into place. But that's, that's one thing where if you can find what, whatever you're trying to accomplish, if you can find somebody at a high level who also has had mindset work and training and, and really honed and, and created a a real skill around it, you're going to get both. You're going to get results no matter what at a high level. And that's, that's what I see in you, you know, that your ability to say, well, these are the facts. This is what's going on this is what the energy feels like and this is how we can shift it and they come together and that's what creates the alignment yeah thank you for reflecting that and yeah because I was gonna say like that's what I see in you (laughs) (laughs) like and I like and that's why I think what you do is so magical um as well because you really you see the whole person and and you and and I think you give yourself the space to see the whole person again, because you've done the work on yourself and you trust yourself enough, you know yourself well enough to know that like what's yours and what's theirs. And so you can create that space for others um, without getting into the weeds of their story. And, um, and, and it allows you to hold space for people with, without um, getting drawn down into their drama sometimes. <laughs> You know, I think that's where the human design chart comes into play. When you look at the person, the DN, the, the blueprint of the person, I am not the 
I'm very, how do I word this? I'm not the, I'm not compassionate. I'm not going to subscribe to your bullshit. I'm not going to enroll in your story. I, I'm just not. In fact, that crap annoys me. I'm like, no, you're an empowered woman. You're going to make this move and you're going to do this. But I am empathetic. I do understand real pain. I do understand real, the real part of a person versus what maybe they're subscribing to. And I don't, I even can come across sometimes, um, I don't even know what the word is. I want to say aggressive, but I'm not aggressive, but very firm, very um, like I, this is just the way it is. And sometimes I, I don't honest. <laughs> <laughs> You've got like a BS meter. And so, yeah. you know, like you just said, like, you know, what's, you know, what's true pain and what's belief pain. Right? Yeah. What's yeah. like, what's like, um, yeah. And so you can, you, absolutely like you're empathic and you hold space for the truth for like when there's really something that needs to be healed mm -hmm. and you can also call people out when it's like yeah this is this is a bs belief that that you don't actually believe anymore but you're gaslighting yourself so that you can hold yourself back yeah 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 so that translates in my design chart and sometimes it shows judgment is one of those words that has come through in so many different um, personality tests and different comments that people make. You know, the guy I date tells me I'm judgmental, but it's not, now that I've seen my human design chart, I don't see it as a negative. I see it as that ability to look at the science and the woo. <laughs> this is the fact and this is the, the false and to call it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think often people come into our life who call those things, call us on those things in part because the universe is like, do you want to believe this or do you not? Like, is this really right. who you are or is this a conditioned pattern? Right. Like, um, I, I have a lot of ambition in my chart. And for a long time, I like shut that down because like women weren't supposed to be ambitious, right? Like, um, and it's still, there are still moments where like somebody will call me ambitious and it hurts because it's that, that little girl inside of me who's like, oh, that didn't feel good when you told me that. And then I can go to my chart and be like, no, why? Like, this is actually who you're meant to be. And it doesn't come with, it doesn't have to come with the energy of negativity that I think we put in the world. Mm -hmm. It's ambitious because I want to be of service and I want to like, um, I, and I look for things to, to fight for, right? Like I, I, I believe in these values and my ambition is to make these values come to fruition. Um, and so when I then can I can heal it in a way that becomes, that my brain is happy with as well. Um, and healing it in that way of like, this is who I am and who I'm here to be. And I get to see the light of it instead of the shadow of it. Mm -hmm. I get to live in the mastery of it instead of in the challenge of it. Oh, I love that. Live in the mastery versus the challenge of it. Mm -hmm. And for you to, or for someone else to interpret ambition as a negative, as a shadow side of you. Because when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. But I, I thought of it as this amazing thing, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> but for you to, uh, uh, to interpret that as, as a negative against you. And this is, this, because you said that, it made me think of something that I saw in my human design chart that talked about my need for, for feedback, like positive feedback. And I don't remember the exact wording of how it was said in my chart, but I've always said, I feed off of the energy of other people. I need to hear the, the, the energy. I need to hear it. I need to feel it. And the negative side of that for me, the, the shadow side has been in relationships when people say, 
you don't need affirmations. Why do you need that? That's your low self-esteem. And I never saw it correlating to low self-esteem. It's been more along the lines of how I play off of energy, how I can get it to the next level. And I know we glitched out there for a second, but I was comparing. <laughs> There's too much energy. <laughs> <laughs> We're in our zone. We're like, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to keep talking so we didn't have a space. And so I did, but the, we talked about the shadow side. One of the things that came up in my chart was the, the I don't know how it was worded, but something along the lines of um, needing the affirmations from others, needing that feedback. And I've always said in my work, I feed off the energy of others and meaning I need to be able to feel the energy. So I know what to do with it. I know how to move and guide and be and show up and all that stuff. That doesn't mean I'm not being true to myself. In fact, it's the opposite. And it serves me very, very well in my business. It's how I've gotten results and success and success shows up in my chart very much. But the shadow side of that is in relationships. When I've been in relationships and I ask for the affirmation, which shows up in my love languages, it shows up in everything else as well, not just my human design chart, right? But it has been on the, the shadow side. You have low self-esteem. Why do you need that? Why do you need that? You know, it's, it's been a negative for me when somebody else might not look at it and see that, but that's my shadow side of something that's actually a positive in my chart has showed up as a shadow in, in relationships. And you got and that with ambition. Yeah. Well, and I think this goes back to the question that you asked me from the card. Like, where does that come from in the other person, right? It, all, it comes from their own unhealed issues. Because if somebody is saying to you, this is what I need, you know, or if, if I'm saying, if somebody's telling me that it's not good to be ambitious, like that's their own stuff, <laughs> And when, and like, we've taken it in as partly because as women, like in, in, in a patriarchal culture, um, but also, you know, through our own experiences of just like believing this wrong, this other story, and we get to retell the story and we get to retell the story and then role model for other people or empower and inspire other people to, to know that they get to also build this foundation on solid rock instead of on sand and, and tune out those people who haven't done the work um, or haven't gotten to the place they're doing the work, but they're not as advanced as, as we might be. Um, But yeah, it takes a whole lot of like inner child and healing and, um, and, you know, and pain to go, like, you have to sort of, it, it was one of the things I think it's the thing that led me to Tanya, who led me to you was studying Kabbalah. And one of the spiritual tools they teach in Kabbalah, um, it's the first spiritual tool is pause. What a pleasure. Like anytime something comes into your life, that is a trigger. You're supposed to pause and take a breath and figure out what is the good in this, right? Like, why did, was this, why was this brought not, if nothing's a mistake, then why was this brought into my life? What is, what is the lesson for me to learn from this being in, in my life? Whether it's a person, whether it's an event, whether it's, you know, an experience, um, why is this in my life? And that was a huge shift game changer for me, um, shift. And I, it's still something I have to practice every day because like, there's always going to be things that come up. Right. But that's in relationships. It's, really 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 challenging because there is this reason that these messages come to you and that it bothers you because if it didn't bother you right like if it wasn't part of the lesson that you were here to learn it wouldn't bother you so it's like I like I think I told you I can't remember I definitely told Tanya like um all of this the stuff that I would that was didn't feel good in my marriage and in my relationship with my husband, when I had a child who had many of the similar personality quirks, I was like, okay, this isn't about that relationship anymore. <laughs> like clearly, like, I'm not gonna, I can't divorce this child. Like, so I can leave the marriage. I have a choice, but I can't leave this child. So 
clearly this is something that I am here to learn, <laughs> to handle and to, you know, process in a different way. Um, and that was actually what I think ended up like pushing me into the burnout, which ended up pushing me towards being more spiritual in my practice, as opposed to going and practicing yoga for stress reduction, like actually practicing it to heal old wounds. Um, it's like, oh yeah, right. Okay. I get it. Like he's exactly the same as him in this way. And it really bothers me. I have to figure out how to not, how not to let it bother me anymore. and it helps them understand it. The human design chart helps you understand that aspect of your child. So now you know, okay, I'm dealing with this aspect of my husband and his personality and his blueprint. And then here's my child and then here's mine. So that kind of helps you map it all out, right? A blueprint is a map. It helps you map it all out. So that's, that's the gift of these tools <laughs> that we have. Yeah. And just to exemplify that. So in doing my human design charts, my husband and my kids design charts, and then my parents design charts. And if my parents are listening to this, they now know I've done their charts because I didn't really <laughs> ask permission. Um, but what I learned was that like, I have, I, I'm, I have this emotional center that's open. So I am, I'm not here to have this sort of consistent wave of emotions throughout the day is how our, oh, there you go. I was just going to talk Sorry. about how, go ahead. <laughs> it's clearly over. that time of night on the full moon or almost full moon. Um, I, yeah. So I was just saying like my, my mom, my dad have this emotional wave and that's how they, so they process, they're here to feel all the feelings every day. And I'm not, I have this open center. And so I'm here to sort of learn the wisdom of watching that waves, you know, be on the bench. This is. To watch and learn from watching the experience. That could actually be a really beautiful balance if you understand each other. And we got another glitch here. So probably time to start wrapping this up um, since we, we lost Marissa. But this has been such a joy talking about our strengths, our weaknesses, how to partner and couple the spiritual side, the woo, and the science. So we got you back. So yeah, I, I'm I was, really sorry. all such technical glitches. <laughs> that's okay. We can start wrapping it up. But yeah. what you just said about your parents are here to experience the emotions. They're like waves and you're here to watch it. You're here to learn. Yeah. By watching. But I didn't know that. And uh -huh. my husband has an emotional wave and is here to feel all the feelings all day long. And then my firstborn has an emotional wave and is here to feel the feelings. So again, like going back to the pause, what a pleasure, like everything that like, I mean, clearly I was like, the universe was like, you are here to learn how to watch these waves and not get sucked into them and drown. <laughs> but I didn't learn that as a child, right? I drowned as a child, like kind of emotionally and that I drowned as a young mother and burned out. And then I learned the lesson <laughs> and I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Thank you. Human design. Like this, like, this is the lesson that I'm here to learn. And now I can learn it. And, and when I need that reminder, like I said, I have the blueprint of my human design to be like, yeah, just let them ride their way. So just, just let them ride their wave. You, you just watch. <laughs> watch I, think the I think I'm the ride the wave girl. I think I'm on the wave riding side of things. like, <laughs> <laughs> So crazy.
Samantha for being on here with me and we lost you so I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> I, yes, please do because this has never happened before, but it's clearly something yes. in, the, in the French <laughs> universe. <laughs> yes. So I'm going to leave Marissa's contact information in the description of this episode and please feel free to reach out to her. Um, you're magical. I appreciate you very much. Even just this conversation and talking about your chart and my chart helps me know why I am so drawn to you and your energy and, and, you know, just the understanding of how we work together. And so learning and understanding our charts, it, it's like the best thing we can do for our inner love, <laughs> our inner self, our, our growth, our awareness of ourself, our self-worth, our self-esteem, just knowing and understanding yourself at that deeper level. That's really just a beautiful thing. And I think it's a solution to just about everything. <laughs> I am so grateful, Christy, and thank you so much for, <laughs> for inviting me and like for dealing with these tech issues. Um, but it has just been such a magical conversation. And yeah, I could talk to you about human design forever. Yeah. We're definitely <laughs> going to do and spiritual practices and all these other <laughs> things that like I that draw me to you. So yeah. um, well, we're definitely gonna do this again. I think we should do it again on specific topics like money and our human design and business. And right, yeah. the woo of the woo of money and the science of money connected to our human design, or you know, just different aspects like that, because it's so it's enlightening, and people can get a lot out of it from just one little thing can change somebody's life or understanding of themselves, which can get them to the next level. So let's do that. I think that would be great. That would be amazing. And and I would just like to pin one thing because you helped me with this too, right? It's a process. It's a process. And so like, and it's all an experiment and you keep learning the more you take action and the more you step. So whether it's human design, cause it is like overload, like overwhelming, cause it's you and your whole, like who you are meant to be, all of your complexity. And it's the same thing in business and just, you know, giving yourself that grace and compassion to know that like, sometimes all you all you can do is breathe through the wave um and that's you know a gift as well so yeah you taught me that and it's just something that I think of almost every day <laughs> when I can't breathe just practice we're here to practice practice creates mastery right <laughs> yes yes exactly yeah so okay well this was great and thank you all for listening and we will see you on the next one